Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, we have Brian Burks. Hey, Brian. Hello, Hi, how Brian. are you guys? Good. I was telling Timothy we feel like this is overdue. So thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we get into all the f- the fun stuff, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners for folks who may not know you and give us a background on how you got into all the fun stuff, all photography? Yeah. Um. I am a 32 year old photographer from St. Louis. I actually start. So I got into f- photography like really focusing on it. Um. In 2019. But I have a background in videography and stuff. My main job is Mm. wedding videos. And um, I went to college for TV and film. And I didn't really take college that seriously. I was just really immature. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it just... I didn't... I don't know. Like I just expected to get my degree and then get a job. And it it did not work Mm -hmm. that way at all. Yeah. It's funny how that always seems to happen. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't focus on like building relationships and making connections, and I was just like focusing on making work, and that can only get you so far. So when I got out of college, couldn't get a job. Uh, Ended up working at a gas station for a while as a cashier, and then uh, my roommate at the time was his sister was getting married, and I had never done a wedding video before, but I just did it for very cheap and that kind of kick-started my whole uh, mm. videography uh, foray. So that's kind of how it all started. And then, yeah, I like found film photography in 2019, just 
watching a Willem video on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> and uh, kind of just fell in love with everything and the process. And now we're here. Wow. So I have a couple questions right off the bat. Do you now, how, when, when you go to a wedding now, are you like, man, I wish I had my four by five. I wish I could be the photographer. Or are you, are you still like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep the videos with my thing. And like, do you ever, do you ever want to switch? We, well, we've been, uh, we're like 80% video and then 20% photo. We've been, ah, the, the more I've done okay. photography, I've been trying to just switch into that. But yeah, with my personality and the way that I go about things, photos just a whole. Uh, it's a lot of coordination and a lot of just being like the orchestrator of everything, and that's kind of yeah. not really my personality. So uh, uh-huh. I like doing video and staying back a little bit. But uh, I have used my four by five a couple times, but it's just a little too slow for uh, weddings. In general. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's great. That makes so much sense, though, that you went to school for video and and because you're just like the the cinema part of your YouTube mm. channel is is what like really drawed me in at the beginning was just watching. You have so many cool little techniques that I'm a YouTube university kind of person. That's where I learned all my little tips and tricks. So it's it's always nice to see somebody that has a little structure. Yeah. In there when they're shooting. <laughs> yeah. When I first started, I was like, everyone was like, oh, you like you're pretty like for being a YouTuber who's just started, you're pretty good. Well, it's like, well, yeah. I've been doing this for a while, but yeah. now I'm I'm a little bit going back to just being a little bit more basic with everything and not taking it so seriously. Just because mm-hmm. my channel's a little, um, I'm I'm doing stuff that doesn't really get views or make money. Mm-hmm. So I just think to myself, right. like I'm putting in so much work with the video aspect, and I'm not really getting as much out of it in terms of views or exposure or financial compensation. So mm-hmm. kind of been leaning back and just not really worrying so much about the production aspect and just focusing maybe on like the photos and stuff. I feel like that's the hardest part of doing a YouTube channel on something that you're passionate about because mm-hmm. it kind of locks you in such a little bubble, you know, like the film, even as wide as film photography is, it's still just film photography. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's tough. I, and then when you do something different, when you're like, I'm going to do a video on a speaking for me, like a guitar or something. And it's like the people who have signed up to watch me don't want to hear my right. crappy takes on guitars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, your last podcast with Robbie, he, I, me, me and him are, I feel like we're the same in our approach to YouTube. Um, yeah. The stuff that he makes, he just doesn't really care about algorithms or views or he just makes what he wants mm. to make. And All I right. re- it really resonates with me because that's how I want to be with my channel. And you can fall into an easy trap of just making stuff that gets views or gets exposure. Right. And I've seen that a lot with people and I just don't want to do that. And I've never really had to worry about that because I just have never wanted to do that. But it does make it tough because obviously I want stuff... I want people to watch my videos. Right. I want yeah. people to, right. yeah, of course. to enjoy it. But yeah, it's YouTube. I've I've been up and down with it so many times. It's It's a roller coaster. It's also hard to stay consistent, like especially, you know, life can get in the way or like, oh, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, Timothy, but we were talking about like I was super frustrated and was like, I I just want to I don't want to post any I don't want to do Instagram anymore. I don't want to do YouTube anymore. I just want to focus on my photography. Right. And then like maybe I'll come back with something worth it, worthwhile. You know, it's like hard to 
to do both simultaneously because you'll get lost in like shooting stuff for other for 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 the audience instead of like for yourself you know what i mean and plus it's mentally exhausting you know especially social media these days it's like i can't Truly. i can't look at this anymore you know but then i'll be like no i'm going to come back with my youtube i'm going to have all these episodes i'm going to do these reels and i'm going to be so cool and it's like it's ugh, you know i go back yeah. and forth it's hard yeah it's it's really hard i remember when i got my first sponsor and they were like we're going to have you do four videos a month i'm like I can barely <laughs> I can barely pump out one video a month. How can I yeah, do four? Yeah. And it's just yeah, then you start making stuff that you don't even want to make and you're just trying to make right. sp- sponsor goals and yeah, it just it's a lot easier now when I can just the one sponsor I do have it's one video a month. Sometimes yeah. I do it, sometimes I don't. I'm just like I email them and say I couldn't get a video out. I'm, yeah. I don't have anything to talk about, so yeah. Just not going to make it. Plus, I feel like just like the grand scheme of this whole thing, you know, what like what is more validating when somebody comes up to you and says, man, Brian, your 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 large format photography, like, oh, I'm so inspired. Or they're like, oh, your last video was like super entertaining. It's like, which one is which one makes gives you the fuzzies more mm-hmm. over the other? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, like you said, the grand scheme of things, I try to look at it like if I were to do YouTube my whole life, there's just no way possible that I could do 50, 60 videos a year. And I just want to look right. at it like a lifetime thing and just yeah. put out stuff when I feel compelled to and when I actually have something yeah. to talk about. Plus, we've talked about this a million times on the show. Like It's a scrapbook. You know, yeah. Like it's you'll a be journal. able to show your yep, kids, totally. like, look, mm-hmm. look, look. When I was doing this, when before you were born, you know, or like, you know, if you travel and like that, that's my favorite thing. Like looking back on the travel videos that I made a few years ago, it's like, wow, like I forgot I went there, <laughs> and I have it on video, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to see the progression as well because when I first yeah. started my first video, I was I just said I'm gonna talk about my process. I'm not gonna like try to teach people anything or like do tutorials or anything like that. I'm just going to show the whole process and look back on it and just see the progression. So even seeing that's just been pretty cool. Oh, what a world we live in where yeah. we're our <laughs> own, uh, we're our own like movie sets that and television shows that uh-huh. we, we document all this stuff in our lives. It's so, Crazy. it's so much pressure too. Cause when I was doing that stuff and I, I still have plans to like tackle YouTube again, but I only want to do it when I feel like I have something worthy of talking about or sharing or yeah. documenting for myself. I mean, I'm kind of in a pretty boring period of my life being, you know, middle-aged, working a full-time <laughs> job, like, you know, just doing the normal life thing. So I tend to only pull the camera out or get the phone out when, you know, when there's something special going on. Because I was caught up in it. When I first started doing YouTube, it's almost addicting. It's almost like a mm-hmm. like a drug. Oh, and yeah. you, it's, I mean, to think about, it's like 100 subscribers, 500 subscribers, yeah, I hit 1,000, this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so exciting and you just want to be a part of it. But then there's so much things like, like you were saying about, you know, not wanting to do tutorials or stuff like that. Dude, you could do the perfect tutorial explaining everything to a T, perfect, science documented, whatnot. You're still going to have that gang of haters out there that's like, <laughs> well, he forgot to do It does have a ball. Yeah. You put it on T and then, you you know, it's yeah. just there's always like armchair experts out there that really 
really like harsh the mellow. It's like, dude, chill out. Like yeah. it's a YouTube yeah. video you're watching, you know, for fun. And, you know, it's just wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Luckily I haven't, <laughs> I used to have a, like back in the day, I feel like I would have more negative comments about everything. And I feel like uh-huh. now it's just, I don't really, like I said, the videos I make don't really get out to a wide audience. So it's really yeah. just the people that subscribe to me that comment. But I love the fact that the comments that I do get, they're, it's never just like a short thing. It's always something that's very yeah. thoughtful. And uh, it's just nice to yeah. see that feedback on videos like that. It's funny. Like <laughs> anytime I get an email that I have a comment on my videos, I'm like, <gasps> like, I, like, like, what? What are they saying? What are they do saying? Do I want to like, look? Oh. Yeah, do I want to look? Oh, they said something really nice. Like, that's so sweet. <laughs> or whatever. The haters have, I feel like, they have died. I mean, hopefully, that's just like a general thing across the board. I hope so, because life's too short. Oh, for sure. Sh- yeah. Poop, I still put on people's parades. Yeah. I, I still see it all the time on bigger YouTube channels yeah. or on, on Reddit oh, yeah. or something like that. But oh, yeah. Reddit. Forget Reddit. <laughs> you just, you can't help those people. They're, yeah. It's unfixable. Totally. It's funny though. Like I hate seeing that stuff. Like I hate the like the shit talking of Reddit. But like some of the memes are pretty funny. Like it is funny to scroll it every once in a while until you see your name in there. It's like <laughs> oh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, my uh, I I'm too fragile personally. Same. I, same, I, I, same. I would same. I would yeah. die if someone did that. So yeah. Props <laughs> to like I saw that jo- Joe Greer was like posting his uh. Halloween outfit meme and that's just hilarious for me to see that he can actually look at that yeah you have to otherwise like what like at some point you have to be like whatever I'm gonna keep doing me Mm -hmm. go ahead and make your meme (laughs) yeah yeah okay before we hopped on before you hopped on with us Brian I was telling Timothy I'm like well he his work makes you want to sell everything get into large format so I definitely want to talk to you about your large format portraits yes um we talked about this with Robbie how having the courage to go photograph strangers but you actually like will knock on people's doors which i find even more inspiring but i was i wanted to ask like you know your car project is that like at least i was thinking from like when i was watching that series i was like well this this is what i would need to have like a security blanket or like a shield Mm -hmm. to like be able to knock on somebody's door and explain like this is what i'm doing this is why i want to do it right instead of like walking up to somebody who's walking their dog and being like wow you look, you look great like can i take your picture <laughs> <laughs> i guess can you just like t- talk to us about your process and that and like are you still terrified every time you knock at somebody's door or are you kind of like okay with it now like does it scare you it's always still a little bit scary it's definitely yeah. like back when i first started cuz like you said it, it to be able to go up to someone and have a thing or an icebreaker to say is very important. Yeah. And I myself, I, I do it sometimes if I see someone interesting, but I'm not like the type to go up to someone walking on the street and ask them for a portrait. I have done it. And mm-hmm. uh, even that's a little nerve wracking for me. But yeah, like when I first started this, that was just, I was terrified. I would have to take like yeah. a shot of whiskey before. <laughs> I would go out and do it just because I needed like liquid courage. But oh yeah, uh, having that icebreaker and as long as you're just honest with people and forefront and tell them exactly what you're doing. And an- another thing that I like to do is just go up empty-handed. I don't have my camera or anything. I'm just talking, oh, okay. talking to them and explaining everything. And one thing that helps me that 
this is going to be different for everyone, but I've had a lot of people come up to me before and just say like, Hey, you look like someone I know, or you just, I, do I know Ah, you? uh So I feel like I just have a very basic, normal looking face and I look approachable (laughs) and it might help too that I live in the Midwest and people are genuinely pretty nice. I've only been a couple different places while this project's been going on. I've been out to like Colorado and Atlanta and people are generally pretty nice. And if you're just honest with them and be nice with people, I feel like people are just yeah. nice back with you. But I can see how it would be mm. terrifying because <laughs> that's exactly how it was in the beginning. But having that icebreaker definitely helps. And I feel like it's the times too. Like back when we were kids, like somebody would knock on our door and we'd just open it. We wouldn't be like, now I'm like ducking under the couch. Like, who's there? Like, let me look out the window and look at my ring cam. Like, <laughs> so open true. the door and say yeah. hi. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we we have that to work that's working against us. Just like where it all changed, you know. Yeah, there's been a couple times now where there's like a, a ring doorbell, and they're like, I just <laughs> like they wave, just yeah, like, it hi. just comes on. They're like, "What do you want?" I'm just like, "I'm a I'm a <laughs> photographer." They're like, "What?" And then they come out and I explain myself. But yeah, times are definitely different, and I yeah. People always ask too, like, do you just knock on any door? And I definitely like Mm. take precautions and I'm not, if anything looks sketchy or I feel like I'm in danger of any, any kind, I definitely don't knock on a stranger's door, but uh, you just got to take that into account before you do it. Wow. I love seeing the progression. I'm glad you make the videos about it too, because there's a Mm -hmm. couple things that I love about it. One is, is the like... Yeah, I've just been circling around trying to get the courage to go knock on. I love that because, like, I feel you you can feel that in the video. Like, I can just imagine that. And I love the progression from when you first started showing that stuff of like how kind of rushed and disappointed you were in like catching focus and stuff like that. And the growth, the growth that has come from that since you've been doing it for so long. Like, do you still feel like that? Like when you get out and you start setting everything up, is it like a, like you got to get it done to get it over with form? Or have you really kind of grown into taking your time and making sure you get what you want out of that shot? Yeah. When I first started, it was definitely just like, uh, like running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. it, just everything was a blur. When I first started using large format, you're worried about light, you're worried about yep. focus, yep. you're worried about ev- everything under the sun, even like if the film is loaded correctly, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I'm to the point now where I don't have to worry about that stuff as much. Like I still screw up in an exposure every once in a while. But yeah, nowadays, I'm... I, really do just slow down and I'm like, all right, I got this guy out here. I have 10 sheets of film. Film is very expensive these days. So I need to really focus on getting something that's good. And the, the only difference really now is that I just feel when I get done, it just feels like a blur. Like I don't know what just... Went oh, out yeah. of body, yeah, <laughs> like it's just out of like, body experience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, did I use my? Did I expose correctly? Did I get focus? And then everything usually turns out pretty well. But it definitely, cool. yeah. It's just, it's like I said, film prices too. It's just you're trying yeah. your best to get everything correct, and then. But I just love four by five. I love the process, so I just put up with film prices. Oh yeah, yep. I wanted to to also ask, like, how, did you? gradually work up to 4x5? Did you start with 35? 
meeting? Like, what was your... Well, the first photo that I saw was... Well, the first film photo that I saw was Cinestill 800T. And it was on a six oh. by a six by nine camera. And I was mm-hmm. just like, whoa, like, wh- why does this look yeah. so different? So I started looking into medium format for my, my first film camera. And I ended up renting a RB67. And then yeah. I used that for a bit. It was pretty cool. So I bought a Mamiya 645 because I was going to do like a Pentax or something like that. But people online were saying, get this because you'll get more exposures. You're going to mess up a lot. So you won't waste as much money, which definitely agree on that. So (laughs) I used that for a while, ended up selling that. And then I got a Pentax and then I got an RZ. And then I found the work of like Alex Soth and Brian Scootmont. Yeah. And I was just like, mm. I need that. And ended up <laughs> <laughs> buying a four by five in 2020, I think. And then I've just been using that ever since. I've tried to go back wow. to medium format, but it's just not the same for me. Wow. You can't beat the look. I mean, four by no, five at all. Is, yeah. is so, I mean, you almost kind of get that with the Pentax and the RB. Mm-hmm. Like you, you kind, they kind of have that look, like mm-hmm. if you hit it just right or I, that's one regret I have, like the times that I've pulled my four by five out and didn't take a portrait. Like I always chickened out because it's tough. It's just, it, it takes a minute, you know, everything's upside down and backwards. Yep. And you're yep. trying to explain that to people. The one time I did the girl, I was like, okay, so when I say hold still, like you got to give me like at least five seconds, you know, I kind of yeah. overblew the time and I was like, okay, stand still. And they're like, oh, and like move back. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, like stand still. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the old, the older men, especially like very old men, when I meet someone and like I, I photographed a, a man, he was like 85 years old and I'm telling oh, man, him, nice. I'm like, all right, so you got, it's going to take me a little bit to get focused. You got to be pretty still. He's like, okay. And then they're just like, he's yeah. looking around like yeah. this and he's talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so you got to stay still for me. Just uh, d- try not to move here. And he's like doing this. And uh-huh. now I've tried to develop a thing. If I'm photographing someone for the car project, I either push them up against the car and I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. so they Smart. can't really move anywhere. You figure things out like that as you go on, but uh, or I just photograph them from further away, or I just stop down my lens a little bit. But uh, yeah, it can definitely be hard explaining a four by five to someone that d- has only ever seen a digital camera before in their life. Mm-hmm. I was trying to photograph my two year old with my RB mm. the other day. <laughs> the whole roll is ruined. I was like, why did I even try this? Yeah, why did I even try this? It's a point and shoot only at this age, and I know this. Like, and then you have a digital camera where you're just like this, and you get perfect focus every time, yeah. perfect uh-huh. exposure. Yeah. Doesn't cost uh-huh. anything. Or the iPhone, it's like portrait mode. Oh, so yeah. it's like I love it and hate it because <laughs> it's like Same. it's way Same too here. easy, you know. I wish iPhone photos. I see people that use their iPhones and get these amazing photographs. I shoot an iPhone. I shoot with it, and it looks like an iPhone photograph. Like every time, yeah. mine are, I just mine are don't terrible. know how. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't get I, it. I, I follow a couple photographers who have other accounts that are just their iPhone photos, and I'm just like, uh-huh. you guys are killing it. And I, I, it looks like HDR every time that I take a photo. Right. <laughs> or, exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Every time, I I just don't get it. I was gonna say, do you think you'll go you'll go bigger, Brian? You think an eight, eight by ten? 
I've tried uh. eight by ten, and uh, it's just too much. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a whole nother. I bought an Intrepid eight by ten a couple couple years ago, especially when I was really into Alex Soth and Joel Sternfeld and um, mm-hmm. photographers like that. But it's just I develop everything myself, and developing eight by ten is just a whole another thing. Wow. You can only yeah. do one or two sheets at a time. Um, the film's way more like color film is like. Oh yeah, twenty five dollars. Yeah, it's yeah. I <laughs> I had to I scan everything myself, so I had to upgrade my my light. I had to get like everything was just a step up. And for me, the quality of it and just the pros of it didn't outweigh the cons. So right, sold that off really quickly and just made myself focus on four by five. And I finally got it down to a point now where I'm just using one camera, one lens, and then yeah. a color film and a black and white film. At least when you like simplifying in that, like this is your kit, at least you're not getting your, you're in your way with other stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like at least that keeps it nice and streamlined. Yeah. I've, I've gone through a lot of gear and I've been tr- like, when I first started, I bought and sold so many cameras and lenses. And I think that's important, but when you finally find something, it just takes that out of the equation when you're actually making work. And then you yes. can just focus on the person, focus on what you're actually trying to, uh, the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. I'm very jealous that you're one of those people that is able to do that. Because <laughs> I, I I am like a hoarder at this point. Because, <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that. But anyway. I, uh, with the new digital cameras that are coming out though, cause I do have a digital camera that I use as well. And the more, the more work that I've been doing for assignments and stuff, I'm getting a little itch to do, uh, to get a better digital camera. But every time that I look, I'm just like, you're doing fine yeah. right now, Brian. You don't need anything. Yeah. Like, just yeah. work with what you have. And it eventually yeah. washes over me and it passes. And then I can just move on from that. But it, yeah. it definitely pulls me in every once in a while. I had something similar happen to me recently where I was on set and I was like, this, I'm not getting it. Like the, the low light, it's still pretty grainy, you know? And I'm like, I need the, I need to, I have the Canon EOS R. And I was like, I need the, whatever is out now, the what, the six, the seven, I I, I can't. And, and then I like, I, so long story short, I ended up, somebody showed me some other person's unit still photography. And I was like, oh, theirs looks exactly like mine. And this is on a huge production. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then all the photos they end up using, like they're fine. They're perfectly fine. But it's like, if I want this tack sharp, clear image at at ISO 5 billion, you know, (laughs) if I can't go higher than 1600. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, anyway, that's the whole digital. Stuff. I don't mind noise anymore ever since I got into film and I'm, I'm not too big on grain. I like very low yeah. ISO film, but mm-hmm. even when I see noise now, I'm just like, it just kind of looks like grain. So it's just like, yeah. it's not a big deal yeah. to me. Plus yeah. those cameras, like you really like, and basically shoot, you can shoot in the dark almost. It's oh, yeah. really insane. But I feel you on the, I want to up, upgrade all my digital stuff too. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, especially with the all the cameras, all the cameras, yeah, with, all the lenses on everything. With how many come out these days, it's just it's hard Jeez. not to insane. But yeah, just gotta focus on m- making the work. 
I want to I want to touch on your assignment stuff, but one last kind of cars and portraits question: Are you? What's like the end goal for that? Do you have oh, a yeah. kind of like a vision in sight, or are you just kind of still letting it roll until until you feel something that you're? The end goal is to make it into a book. I have messed around a little bit with sequencing things and getting oh, that cool. figured out. I haven't reached out to anyone, but. I'm in a in a smaller critique group with a, around f- uh, three other photographers, and we like to show work to each other. So I've been showing work to them and trying to get feedback. And I'm definitely to the point... I mean, I've been working on this for two years now. And the majority of it is around St. Louis or just across the river in Illinois. And I feel like I've been down every road. I've been down every path. Yeah, road. yeah, yeah. There just comes a point where you feel like you've seen everything. And I'm still trying to get more... Because I did a lot of portraits, people in front of their cars. I did a lot of headshot type portraits. So now I'm just working on trying to get more detailed stuff, maybe getting inside people's houses, um, inside their garages. Uh, Wow, yeah. Get stuff like that. Like Me and my buddy Carl just went out the other day. And we went out to Perry, Missouri, which is two and a half hours away from me. And uh, I met this guy named Al and he just had a bunch of cars outside this little garage. And we talked a little bit and eventually he's just like, hey, come into my house. I have this big uh, gas pump in there in my living room. And I'm like, that's amazing. So I go in there and just it's it's a normal living room, carpet floor. And then he just has this huge antique like eight foot gas pump in his the corner of his house. And I'm just like, this is the pictures that I need now in, yeah, in order to yeah, tell yeah. this whole story. But yeah, so eventually I do want it to be a book, but um, have no idea when I'm going to be done or when or if that's even going to come into fruition. But that's the goal. It feels like that, like where, where you started your, your, the process one way and then now you're kind of shifting a little bit. Is that going to make like the first half like null and void? You're like, this isn't going in the book because I didn't shoot it this way. Or do you think you're like, mm. yeah, um, that could I, throw a whole wrench in the whole thing. That happens to me a lot with stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I also started with a whole entire different camera system. I was shooting on medium format yeah. for a while. So then some of the photos don't really match that much. And the fact that I was still learning 4 by 5 when I first started. So some of the portraits, um, just some things are different. They're just not as precise, I guess you could say. So I only feel like the probably the past year or so, I've been really focused on trying to dial in everything and do, do things that make it cohesive. And yeah. uh, that's just... I, t- I talked with another friend of mine and he's like, as long as you're still going out and having fun and mm-hmm. you feel energized, then you should continue yep. to work on it. But as soon as you don't feel that, then maybe it's time to move on and maybe you're, you're just mm. done with the, that specific project. Wow. So, What about circling back to some of the shots that you're not happy about? Is that an option to go back and uh-huh. yeah. reshoot, reshoot? I've done that a couple of times. Um, most of the time, people are open to it because I get mm. everyone's phone number and I, I have their name down. So... I have done that a couple times and the one of the portraits that I like the most is Jason and his dog Diablo and yes, that was that was actually a time that I reached out again and met up with them and redid the portrait yeah. cuz at the time I was uh shooting black and white and color and I just reached out to him and was like can we do this again 
Um, I'm shooting everything in color. So we met up again and redid the portrait and it turned out to be one of my favorites. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes you forget, like I could just go and reshoot this. <laughs> You know, it's not like your weddings, like when you're you're like, you can't really, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... The, the difference between weddings and the the project that I'm working on is it's night and day. But it, I like it because it's so different and it just keeps it keeps you on your toes with being uh, creative with everything. But weddings, totally. weddings are a totally different ball game. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm having so much fun. I feel like there's so much more I want to talk about. Oh. Um, here's something. Somebody who like me is like super inspired, super inspired by large format, mm-hmm. but is terrified. What do you, do you have any advice for people who are like, it's too much. I can't. I, every time I, I think about picking up my intrepid, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's nobody here to help me. Mm-hmm. I'm too scared. Um, I would just look at it. I mean, the first thing I would do is watch someone online like a Ben Horn or mm. a Matt Mirage. Matt Mirage, yeah. Yeah. The way they go about things, like Ben Horn, whenever he is doing his landscape photography, it's just the way he goes about it, it's so peaceful and calming. And yeah. there's only been a couple of times in his videos where he seems like he's flustered or some, yeah. something goes yeah. wrong. And I would just... Try to read as much as you can and watch as much as you can beforehand. And don't be afraid of making mistakes. Like you have an intrepid. So I would just recommend getting a cheap film, messing up the Mm -hmm. cheap film a lot. Buy like some Foma Pan or Arista 100. Yeah. And just make mistakes. And I mean, there's been a gazillion times when I pull the film out of the tank and it's black or it's completely blown out. Or yeah. I missed focus. Like, there's been so mm-hmm. many times where I take someone's portrait and it's just focused on their ear, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but it just it kind of lights a fire in you, and you just want to do it better next time. And oh, yeah, then when you finally do get it, you're just like, all right, and then on to the next thing. Man, and, and you get a loop. Do you have a loop, Chris? Yeah, I think I was, okay, I'm, you good. know what? I was like, where's my loop? That's number one. I'm <laughs> like, I have to find where my loop is. Yeah, a loop is very important. Although I liked your 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 uh, pro tip with the 50 millimeter lens. Oh, lens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have oh, probably thought of that on the ride home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I don't know where I heard that. Like, it's too late. I don't know where I heard that from, but that's the worst whenever you're, especially because yeah. I was in Washington or wherever I was. And I go to open my bag and it's like the one thing that you need to shoot a portrait. It's like, I don't have it. Or maybe I forget my dark cloth or something like that. It's the worst when you forget something, but luckily I don't Mm -hmm. do that too much. I feel like a worth, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a worthless photographer. I don't have my loop. Come on. (laughs) No, I, going back to the, the YouTube comments of of Uh one minor mistake, I I went and did a four by five video and I forgot my shutter release cable because I was in a hurry. The sun was going down. I just wanted to get outside. Boy, the comments, because I'm all like, you know, the little shutter Uh button on the thing. I'm like trying to get it. And everyone's just like, man, just you're an idiot. Bring a shutter. You know, it's like, okay, I know. I forgot it. I didn't want to like. Yeah, I just went to Colorado in April and we were doing a hike. And I got to a point where I was like, oh, this is a beautiful scene. I'm going to take a photo right now. And then I look at my camera and my my shutter cable fell off somewhere along the hike. So I'm like, oh, I'll just use my 
my finger. It's fine. So I go to do it. And then you can literally see my finger in the photo. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a professional. And I, yeah. you can see my, yeah, yeah. it looks like someone when they're <laughs> yeah. taking an iPhone photo and you can see their finger. And I'm just like, man, yep. Yep. Humbling. Man. It happens. It happens. Yep. We were just, I think Human we were talking man. about this on our, on our discord uh, channel with our Patreons. Like, we've we get a blank roll and stuff happens like still you know and like what are you gonna do your fingers in the shot i missed i forgot my my sink i forgot my shutter release like yeah i was i mean I, i was just out a week ago and i went to take a man's portrait and i just left the lens open and just ruined a sheet of film and he's like did you take it and i was like i I just (laughs) i just ruined some film we gotta go again and he's like okay Yeah, see, that's oh. what I'm afraid of. Like, that's like, there's so many steps. Like, you got to close down the lens, and blah, 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 blah. like, is this? Did I? Ch- I gotta have to like have a checkbook or checkbook <laughs> checklist. To oh. Be like, okay, just that, you know. Yeah, and definitely, I would focus on something like a still life, like photograph of a plant yeah. in your house, or yeah. maybe just your backyard, and just go through all the steps and just learn it, and then you can eventually move up to taking someone's portrait. And it's just. It'll still be a little nerve wracking, but it just won't be as nerve wracking as the first time. Mm-hmm. That's a good advice too. It's 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 one of those. The more you do it, it's it's like riding a bike type mm-hmm. of situation. Yep. The more you do it, the more fluid you get with it. The more confidence you build. Totally. And then I kind of relate it to whiskey. Do you remember the first time you tasted whiskey? How terrible it was. Mm-hmm. And then oh, yeah. you know, five years later, you take another sip of whiskey, and it's like, oh my, I was scared of this. Like right. I was scared <laughs> of that. You know. So it's just one of those things. I don't think you forget it over time. Like it's yeah. just you kind of got to get familiar again. Because I was doing all those Instax, using the Lomo Graphlock yeah, back, and I was uh-huh. doing all those yep. uh, poppy photos with it. And I was, I mean, I was flying through stuff, having so much fun. I was like, why don't I use this camera? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going through that same, I'm like the whole learning experience with digital now, because I just, I yeah. haven't used yeah. a digital camera for that much photography. So it's just like, it's so different. And the fact that with film, you overexpose most of the time. When with digital, you underexpose. Oh, yeah. Just e- even so, that yep. and getting used to that and having a raw file and just being able to mess with it so much. It's very liberating, but it's also very scary just because it's I haven't used it that much. So trying to learn mm, digital yeah. right now and be better at that is a totally different thing as well. I also love that you're going the other way. Like you're you're, you're yeah. learning digital versus the other way, like starting on digital, learning film. Yeah, kind awesome. did it a little backwards, but it it all works out in the end. I mean, that's a great um, segue into your assignment work and yes, and how, perfect. how like you. how did how did that all come about? Like I yeah, it's just such a cool story for. I mean, yeah. I saw the video, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I the I I never really thought that I would do assignment work like that. But the photographers that I did look up to and did follow along with, they did stuff like that. Yeah. And they would do their personal projects and then they would do either assignment work, editorial or commercial work. And I was like, that would be amazing to get to the point where you're doing your own personal projects and then you're doing assignment stuff, preferably with 4x5 or whatever medium I was using. And uh, I was actually listening to an interview with Aaron Springer, who's a photographer in uh, Wisconsin. 
And she was talking about how she got started with assignments. And she's like, I just sent a cold email out to a New York, yeah. a New York Times editor and introduced myself and just told her my story. And she reached back out and I got my first assignment. And now I do assignment work. I love to hear that because yes. stuff stuff's not going to fall in your lap unless you are proactive. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I listened to that and I was like, well, I'm going to reach out to a New York Times. Yes. <laughs> and I did and I didn't hear back. I, oh. which, which is pre- pretty normal, I would say. But yeah. I just didn't really have the work at the time. And I was just a little more naive and just thought, oh, I'll just do this and see what happens. But then that was probably 2021 or something. But um, in November or October of 2022, um, this editor reached out to me and she just said, I found you on Instagram. Really love your work. Would love to set up a time to chat. And I was like, yes, of course. And um, Mm. it turns out she was from Columbia, Missouri, and she went to Mizzou. So she was kind of familiar with just Midwest and St. Louis and stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't... I signed on with them and didn't have anything for like six months. And then my first assignment was actually documenting that tornado that happened in oh, yeah. South Missouri. So I was kind of just thrown in everything. I had no idea what I was doing, but learned a lot with that one and then didn't have another one for a couple months. And then the last couple of weeks and couple of months, I've had like four or five. So I just feel very That's lucky. So cool. And I'm yeah. learning a lot as it all unfolds. And every time out, it's just something new. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, Pretty much exactly what I wanted to do, and I'm just trying not to mess it up and trying to do my best with yeah. everything now. Congrats! That's a, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you. It's got to be such a great learning experience too. I mean, just getting to deal with people and you know going into especially the was it a tornado or hurricane? What was it that that uh, you? The first one was a tornado. Yeah tornado yeah just like going in and showing compassion and and being with people in a situation like that to where they kind of allow you to capture them in such a vulnerable position is just yeah and i think the all the jobs that you have in the past like even if it's a job like i had work working as a cashier it always helps you it always helps Mm -hmm. you out and everything else that comes up and being a wedding photographer people talk shit on wedding photographers wanting photographers all the time. But it's like, without that, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable going in and just knowing that things only happen once and you got to get the shot. Right. Yep. And it just prepares you for everything. And luckily, not every assignment has been like a a tornado, uh, like the first one. (laughs) True. True. Uh, They've been a little more chill and just like portraits and stuff. But yeah, you learn a lot. And I've learned a lot about just how these assignments come together and working with editors and collaborating. And yeah, it's been a wonderful experience so far. Killer. I love that. Another inspirational moment here, Brian. I'm like, man, I want to shoot from some assignments now too. And I, <laughs> well, I will say people definitely need to shoot what they want to be hired for. And right. I will, I will say that I, um, even with something like the Analog Artisans uh, series on YouTube that I yep. haven't d- done a video in forever... I started that because nobody would hire me for portraits and I wanted to take portraits. So yeah. it was just Smart. It's kind of an easy way in just to take portraits of people. And I was photographing people like I see other people, the people that I look up to, how they photograph people. 
And it just really helped me build that portfolio. And I wasn't getting paid anything. I wasn't getting anything in return besides just meeting with people and getting that small $20 YouTube ad revenue check in the mail. But yep, yep. Uh, it just... Yeah. Shoot what you want to get paid for. And I even said that with weddings when I first started because nobody was hiring me for weddings. So I had to do weddings for free or for cheap. And you just got to do what you got to do to get the work. And I'm, I'm not against like doing things for exposure. And I, I know people frown on that. But if you look at it and you can benefit it from it and benefit from it in some way, and you don't have to sell yourself completely, like I say, go for it and just see what happens. And it's all a learning experience in the end, anyway. So I couldn't agree more because I feel like exposure. If you're a National Geographic photographer, or if you've been photographing weddings for thirty years, I feel like exposure for when you're like a, a successful photographer is is where the complaint is. When you're just starting to come up and learning, you have right. to do that stuff to learn. I mean, that's right. again, that's how I got to do portrait shoots or to shoot weddings. I did the crap for free before yeah. I even started or for a favor for a buddy or, you know, that's that's a huge part of it. And again, like like you said, like shoot what you want your work to be, what you want to be working for. That's so important. And that's how I ever like I'm not a paid photographer, so I, I can't really talk much on it. But like the times I have been compensated for work that I've done and people hired me, it was I mean, unless it's like my boss now that wants me to take eBay pictures, a little mm-hmm. different. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying too like just take any work you can get all the time for free. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Just think about it, look at it from a bigger perspective. And if you can gain something out of it, then by all means, like I, there was one wedding where I did that. I, the girl was just like, my budget's $400. And this was back when I was charging a, a lot more. And, yeah. but I knew that she would, she would share my work. I knew that she would get my name out there. So I did it. And then it led to five, six, seven, eight weddings yep. that we did the following year. So it's just like, if you look at it from a big big perspective and don't be stupid about it, then you can definitely do some work for free and be fine. I know. It's it's like a catch-22, especially with the industry that I'm trying to get into with the onset photography. It's like you can't, Mm. especially because there's the union I'm trying to get into. It's like you can't get hired if you're not in the union. I can't get in the union because I can't get hired because it's like the circle, you know? Um, But I just had coffee with... um, someone who's graduating college and they wanted to get into set photography among other things mm-hmm. and at first i was like you, you can't do it for free and i was like wait you're not going to be able to do it unless you do it for free in the beginning because yeah yeah no if you don't have like if you don't have anything to show you know like here's my work people you, you, mm-hmm. what are you what are you supposed to do so i was like never mind i totally did a lot of stuff for free in the beginning and that's how it led to this and this and this and this is but i'm just you know when you get to a point where you know, knowing your worth is a whole nother conversation separate mm-hmm. from this. But like to get in the door, you, you're going to have to do the low paid, no paid work, at least to build up your po- portfolio, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if I was only yeah. doing work that I got paid for like three or four years ago, I would have no work now because yeah, exactly. nobody would hire me. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah it's you got to do what you got to do. It's a trick. It's a tricky. It's a tricky path forward, you know? Yeah, especially now. Um, I was I was listening to a podcast with Mark Mahaney, who is a 
crazy photographer, but he's a little bit older. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like four, I think he's around 40 or 45, but he was talking about how he couldn't imagine like trying to start a career now. And yeah, it's just time, even since I began four or five years ago, it's, it's crazy how things have changed and how different it is and the attention spans mm-hmm. of people and just how yep. fast everything crazy. is. But I just, I try to stick to what I think is important and just hope that everyone else, <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard, hard to imagine what it's going to be like, but I just try to do what I do and just hopefully it all plays out well in the end. It's working so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know about the, I don't know about the YouTube <laughs> thing anymore, but YouTube's Man. a whole different thing. Oh, YouTube's totally. crazy. We'll be right back with listener question for Brian right after this message from our sponsor. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only developing hang nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We talk shop. We also tried to get a former guest for these. Like we always say, Patreon is the best way to support the show. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Dig Dug Photo on Instagram. And they ask, what was the inspiration for the title of your project, Articles of Virtue? It's a great name. Great name. So with, yeah, (laughs) I was honestly just trying to find something that when I would search it, not a lot would come up. And I don't know. smart. I don't know exactly what um, I searched I think I was just searching about antiques and mementos and something along that line, just like a synonym or something of that nature of that. But Articles of Virtue popped up and I thought it sounded pretty cool. And when I would search it, the only thing that would pop up is like the definition of it. So I was like, well, if people search that in the future, then this project will pop up. But Oh, that's such a, a, a interesting way of thinking about yeah, a title. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I love not that. I'm not even exactly sure. I know the actual definition of it just has to do with things that remind you of the past, antiques. Yeah. And just with the project and the older cars and going yeah, in going into people's garages and they always talk about things from the past and they always show me these little me- mementos that remind them of the past. So I just thought that would be perfect and uh, it just kind of stuck. I thought about it in the very beginning, and it just I haven't really uh, strayed too far from that. So now it's just no, what it's, it's called. It's it. That's stuck now at this yeah. point. Totally. See, I it's it's funny. I I just love it. every episode. I always relate so much to the guest because it's you know we're all in this thing kind of together type situation, uh-huh. and just hearing you like 
putting in other words to find other words. I I love that. Like I'll come up with a title and I'm like, damn, that's so basic for this. I need to, what is another <laughs> word for, yeah, you know, yeah. that's how I came up with homespun for my first zine I did forever ago. I was looking up yeah. what is like a hometown type feeling situation, but you're not from the area. Like, you know, it's just, I, I love researching stuff like that. And it's just another great way to learn words. Uh-huh. How fun are words? They're great. Yeah. I, for a while, whenever I would talk with people, the people that I was photographing, they would more often than not, they would, uh, the subject of like just death and legacy would come up. So for a while I was like thinking about a title. It was called a red line of time, just cause like a red line with a car and then time just dying and moving on. Uh But yeah, I thought it was a little, a little too on the nose and a little too morbid. <laughs> so I just moved on from uh, that and stuck yeah. with the articles of virtue. I like that it has a name too that you can you can say to the people. I'm sure that kind of eases a little bit of their where you're not just like, oh, I don't have a title, I have no information. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm true, just, true, a, true. you know, it kind of gives a little more substance to to talking these folks into doing this. Yeah, in the beginning. It was a little rough because I didn't have much work for it. And they'd be like, can I see like a sample? I'm just like, uh, sure. And I just show like <laughs> as one. As soon as I get this developed, yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> I show like one portrait and they're like, okay. Uh, but now yeah, yeah. now when I tell them, I'm like, I'm working on this photography. It's going to be a book potentially. If you want to see some work, here's the work. And they're just like, oh, okay. So you're not some creep who's just asking me for a portrait, knocking on my door. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I also think it needs to, when the book comes out, it needs to be a show as well. You got to hang these portraits up big. I de- oh, yeah. I definitely oh, yeah. Want, you know? want that to be a thing. Uh, I still, yeah. I've only ever, I haven't really had my prints hung up anywhere or been in a gallery or anything like that, but that is definitely uh, something that I would like in my future. But the pathways for that are very specific. So we're just trying to stay the path right now and just see where it takes me. Smart. Yeah, it's great. I one last little thing on that. W- were there any of the people that you shot that have gone back and watched like the YouTube video of it and oh, yeah. commented or anything like that? Um, I did want well, the second to last video, it's not the car pro- well, it is the car project, Franklin in his video, the gentleman that I photographed in his house and he was a pianist. He went back and watched it and we've been in touch and he was just like I'm sitting here in tears watching this and reading all the comments. Aww. And I was just like, th- like think that that's what I want to hear. And it's like, yeah. you can have one comment like that from one person and it means more than any amount of attention or comments that you can yep. get Absolutely. on any other video online. A hundred percent. Okay. So the next part of this segment is we ask you the all time, what's your favorite Desert Island camera? Something you can't live without. Mm-hmm. We have a feeling, but we want to hear <laughs> oh, you yeah. say it. <laughs> I forgot. I'm wearing, the, I'm wearing the hoodie right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, this is a magical desert island. It has, it has unlimited supply of film, batteries, repair, Photo whatever lab. you need. Photo lab. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, Chamonix four by five. It's just, it's the the first one that they made. Uh, I used, I've used a lot of four by fives. I've used Wistas, uh, Toyo, Horseman, Speed Graphics, Intrepids. And wow. this thing just, it works. It's simple. There's no bells and whistles. It's just does its job. And the lens that I use is a Zenitar, Schneider Zenitar 135. 
I would use that. And then I would use Portrait 160 and it would just, I would be set for, well, I'd probably have, I'd probably have black and white too. Cause I do like black and white and wait, does this desert Island have a dark room and everything and I can print? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has everything. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. No yep. limitations. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely doing black and white then. I've never printed color, but that would be cool as well. So maybe I'd have a dark room with color, black, black and white printing. And I, I would be set mm. for life. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What do those go for nowadays? Are they like crazy, crazy? Chamonix. uh, They, I've seen them pop up for the one that I have is sometimes around 700 to like 900 used. But Mm. I mean, it's, I've had mine for three years now and just nothing has gone wrong. It's just like it is, has been since day one. And I don't see it breaking or having anything wrong with it in the, near future mm. so you like physically wear it out yeah and w- once that happens i'll just buy i'll just buy another one used and then yeah. i'll, yeah, I'll yeah, have yeah, that yeah. one so there you go chris cool. you can get yourself one i know i was like what? am i intrepid i gotta get something better <laughs> intrepids i will say intrepids are nice to to just get the feel for it and yeah I just I've had an Intrepid four by five and I've had an Intrepid eight by ten and they're just um, I've had a lot of problems and I know a lot of people yeah. that have had a lot of problems and the customer service isn't always the best so right yeah it's it's hard for me to recommend them but yep they're good to learn on really good yeah it's, it's definitely a good entryway mm-hmm. you know an entry like getting it like just starting out the the price point is not like oh my god. You know, yeah, and the and the movements and everything, they're all, it's all the same. It's just right. It, the more expensive ones are just going to be built better, nice, better. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep. So we have a feeling you're not lusting after anything at the moment. Hey, we you don't know. feel like you're pretty. We don't know. <laughs> okay, you're right. Why should I? I shouldn't make the assumption. Is there any anything you're dreaming of? Anything? What's your eBay ser- search history look like right now? Are you? Down the uh, rabbit holes. My eBay search history. There's uh, I'm, scandal, scandalous. I'm currently <laughs> in the. I'm trying to find a cheap 16 by 20 darkroom easel. I know that's not. Oh yeah. But those things. Wow. Uh, those things are pretty pricey. But uh, cameras. I've been debating about stepping into medium format digital or just having a medium format uh, film camera just because with assignment work and the turnaround, it's very hard to shoot color four by five and then have it turned around in time to get it sent out. Yeah. Because if I send it to my, this lab that I sent to in Kansas, the absolute quickest I can get it back is like four days, which is insane. So Medium format film, there's a local lab here in St. Louis and they can do it like same day or have it to to me the next day. Right. So I've been debating that, but uh, I just, I don't know. Every time that I think about buying something, I'm just like, I want to. But then I'm like, it's not going to, it's not going to solve anything for me. So I just go back to, yeah, I try, I try my best. I don't know if you guys develop color film at home. No. I do. He does. He does. Yeah. I just can't get it right. I don't know what the deal yeah. is, but I have these assignments and I'm like, I'm going to shoot color four by five and I'm going to get it like done super quick and then send it out. And then I'm sitting there for two hours trying to edit the film because I, sc- oh, yeah. Yeah, I screwed something up in developing. So yeah, that's, that's my eBay 
wish list. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense. I didn't realize that you got rid of the Pentax. I thought you still had it. Yeah, that's that's the one that if I were to buy another one, it would either be that or an RZ because, yeah. like I said, I used that yeah. in the past and I really liked it. But yeah, I sold the Pentax just because it sat around a lot and I just yeah. I can't stand having a camera just sit there and not be used, but... It would yep. be nice to have something to use <laughs> like that. Yeah, Chris, Chris is the opposite. Jeez. I'm like cringing over here. Jeez. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's, I mean, also there's nothing wrong with just having a beautiful, like when I first bought my Chamonix, I actually had it sitting out just on yeah. my, just <laughs> yeah. out and about. Yeah. And They're beautiful. Just, I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, and people are just, they always comment on the red bellows and I'm just like, that's my baby. I don't, yeah. have, I don't have a name. Do you guys like name your cameras? I haven't. No. Okay. I don't. But they're start. definitely all they're definitely all girls. That's for sure. Right. Those are my, my, <laughs> my girls on the shelf over there. <laughs> Maybe mine should be like a 80, 80 year old man just because yeah. I have a <laughs> photograph. They're all golden, golden, golden men. Right. In their eighties. Yep. Yeah. yeah I think great. I should do the same. I could see them being old men. I'm the same as Chris. I I do let go of cameras to usually get something else that I want. Like if I have yeah. a, you know, if I have a gold mine sitting there, there's no sense in saving it when I want something else. You know, so but I I, I live in regret. Oh, dude, yeah, I live in regret. I let go yeah, of my M3. I, I let go of my Pentax Six Seven. I let go of my Fujis. I let you know. I just. I, I'm a moron, but I got a bunch of other toys out of it, so it's it's okay. I feel like the M3 is the one that haunts you the most. I should have talked you out of that. I yeah yeah I I'm miserable about that every day. I shouldn't yeah. <laughs> I mean, Leicas are a little different because you can buy and sell those, but I've definitely noticed yeah. the past couple months that stuff. If I go to sell it, it's sitting for a while because people just uh, yeah they're yeah. not it slowed down. It. They it can't slowed do down. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple four by five lenses and I was like, I'll buy it just to test out and then I can sell it. And then I ended up selling it for like $200 less because nobody would buy it. And I'm just like, uh, I know that's what happens to me every time, every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a good thing though, if you're looking, cause you could be like, I'll give you $200 less. Yeah. People are usually like, how <laughs> true, many stories do you hear? I'm like, like I just sent an offer on eBay and they accepted it. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. interesting time. Gear is fun. Yep. But also a crutch and miserable yes. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> As I, I, I literally have person. an M3 double stroke up on my other screen. Yes. Like, you guys are on this screen. The M3 <laughs> is over here. I'm like, I really should have. Ready to purchase or just? <laughs> uh, no, but I like to think about purchasing it every once in a while. I definitely have to get rid of. I, I, I went through like a huge guitar phase. I have so many guitars I got to sell. And they're worth like a Leica. So I could easily, you know, I just need to. I need, there was the mechanical, <laughs> not to go into it, but the mechanical Leicas are just divine. Like they feel, yeah. I have an M7. I'm never getting mm-hmm. rid of it. You know, it's my ride or die. It's my daily driver. I yeah. just won't get rid of it. But it there's nothing that feels like an old school, like 50s Leica. Like it just yeah. feels right. It mm-hmm. feels like a sports car. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. I'm not a car head, so I have no idea if it feels like a sports car, but like that's what I'm <laughs> imagining. I've only yeah, yeah. I've only held a M6 like one time and I was like, yeah, this thing is built like really really well. You can yeah, you can yeah, tell. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I handed my husband my M4, he was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Just because, like, he was just all my point and shoots and stuff. He was just like, this is nice. And I was oh, yeah. like, I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can talk all day about how gear is not important and stuff, but it's like secretly deep down, it's like I can talk all day about gear. It's just like all, I don't want I don't I don't want that to be the center point of everything that I do on YouTube. We yeah, always preface yeah. like, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Little everyone, asterisk next to yeah, yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It's just another fun okay. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Brian, this has been fantastic. I want to tell you, if you're ever in Connecticut, my dad has a 56 Chevy station wagon, and I would love for you to take his portrait. because <laughs> <you> know- <laughs> That would be amazing. I love that. I, I'm trying to get up to the Northeast. I've never been past uh, Cleveland. So okay. how close is that or how close is Connecticut to New York? It's like a two-hour train ride. Okay. Yeah. I'm hoping... I, I entered this contest... And I got like I was like a finalist for it, and I I have no clue if this is even going to happen. But they mentioned that there's like a show in New York, so I'm trying to get oh, to great. that. And then yeah, I want to visit like a friend in Philadelphia, and then maybe just go where everyone else is. Yeah. So I definitely want to see the Northeast though, because I feel like there's just a lot of stuff up there that is photographable. He also has a he also has a uh, Alfa Romeo convertible. <laughs> I don't know what year that. Those are my grandpa's cars. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's like a '63 or something. It's red. I, I'm down for it's anything. Nice. That would be amazing. I love, I yeah. love it. This is getting set up now. So yeah, yeah. My dad's well, like, I'm doing what now? I'm like, yeah. my friend Brian's gonna come. <laughs> go, go out there with the. <laughs> He's like, I, I just got to stand in front of it, or what's going yep, on? Yeah, that's it. Real easy. <laughs> I, that that kind of brings me. This is the last thing. The the project are you tra- are you plan on traveling and expanding and, and like seeing other parts of the the country with this project? I hope so. Yeah, so I've been dur- during this whole thing. I've been out to Colorado and then I've done some in like Illinois. Like St. Louis is just where I'm from. It's like 15 minutes south of downtown St. Louis, so it's very urban. Yeah, I like yeah. I like getting out to more rural rural places. When I was in Colorado. It's just it's hard when you show up to a place and then you're just like, all right, I'm gonna knock on doors and yeah, you're, yeah, you're only yeah. there for a little mm-hmm. bit and you want to do like other things like hike and go to restaurants and do actual Party. tourist Relax. stuff. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like uh, there might be I might have to take a road trip of some sorts and yeah. whether that's um, like northeast a little bit or going to going through like Kansas, like driving out to like Denver or something and driving back. I definitely want to see different parts of the US because I have like the whole entire Midwest on lockdown, I guess you could say. Yeah, with, yeah. It just, yeah. <laughs> that's another thing with shooting for this. It's like you can only drive around so much and you try to True. switch things up. So I'm always trying to go to like a different part of Illinois or Missouri and just trying to switch up the environment a little bit. But it's tough when you're trying to find the time for it. And then you're trying to get there when the light's good. And then when you finally knock on a door, someone might say no or someone doesn't answer. So it's just like a timing thing. And then 99% of the time I'm going out and I'm not taking a single photo just because it doesn't come together. When When it finally does come together... It's like, all right, now I have to take the portrait. Now I have to make the work. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, there's yeah, this pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, yeah, it's just, it's a lot, but it's it's fun. And I like, I like, thankfully, I like driving and I just put on a podcast and just listen or listen to music and drive around and just look for 
interesting. It's like thrill of the hunt almost. Yeah. I can definitely see how I've never done street photography before, but it's it's the same in a way. Street photographers are looking for that on the street. I'm driving around and looking for cars or interesting people. So I can definitely... It's kind of the same feeling, but uh, just different avenues, I guess. Have you ever thought about... So we used to go to a lot of car shows growing up because my dad would enter the cars in these car shows. Have Mm -hmm. you ever done that? Like spent a Saturday at a car show just passing out business cards? Um, I thought about that in the beginning because there's this like 15 minutes from St. Louis. There's a Sonic drive-in and every Friday from 4 to to sundown, there's a huge car show there. Cool. And I, I walked around there and there are a lot of interesting people, but I've noticed in the past whenever I try to set something up with someone, they act differently. And uh-huh. it, it just becomes oh. it becomes more of like a a shoot, I guess, instead yeah, of just like me. I want to I want to let me put on my nice outfit, yeah. get my hair mm-hmm. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow, and interesting. Okay, I, okay. Yeah, I I mentioned that too, and when I was talking about assignment work, because it's that's a little bit of the same thing. Whenever I'm meeting people to take their portrait for an assignment. They're like, oh, Brian's come in. He's from this big yeah. publication, and I have to yeah. get super done up. And yeah. they're super, they're kind of stiff be- just because they know that it's going to be either published or online somewhere. Whereas when I knock on someone's door for the car project, they're just like, oh, yeah, some guy wants to take my portrait. It might <laughs> I be guess a book I'll walk one day. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. I just took a photo of this guy named Al and he didn't, he just, he was just shoeless outside just in socks. Yes. And I'm just yes. like, he's like, do you want me to put on shoes? I'm like, no, you're perfect. Just like wow. that. That's exactly yes. how I want it. Yeah. But yeah. Assignment work. People are very on guard and you have to work with them a lot more in, in order to loosen them up and get them comfortable. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Interesting. I never thought about that. I thought it was like a gold mine, a car show. You just walk around and ask. You'll have like 50 people ready to go. Yeah. The, no, it's that, not really. I did do that. And then uh, a lot of people too that I talk to and, and meet for this, they're just like, yeah, I got a guy who he has... It usually is just like, I know a guy, I know a guy. And then I'm just like, yeah. all right, I'm going here. And then... yeah. But yeah, meeting up with people, it's always hit or hit and miss with uh, scheduling it. things. I can't wait to see where this all goes in the future. We'll be keeping Same. an eye on you. Definitely. Yeah, if, it, if the book is ever done. No, when the book is ever done, it will mm-hmm. be done. Brian, thank you for joining us. Again, we feel like this is overdue. So glad we, so glad we you took the time to chat with us today. Of where course. can everybody check out your channel, plug your Instagram, whatever you want to plug go right right ahead um it's just brian burks b-r-y-n-b-i-r-k-s pretty much everywhere yeah instagram youtube used to have twitter but that's not a thing anymore so yeah Mm -mm. or x i should say (laughs) yeah x (laughs) yeah but yeah brian burks everywhere awesome timothy where are you uh instagram threads at timothy makeups a bunch of old film photography youtube stuff uh easiest way to find that just go to the search bar type in timothy makeups i just paid for another year of my squarespace website yeah. uh, it's just timothymakeups.com that's it for me chris where are you so i am same crispy photo on all the things uh youtube instagram twitter thre- threads yeah threads mm-hmm. and i also just kind of rearranged my website and put ooh, a ooh, whole wow. new gallery of the show i work on so if you'd like to check that out it's my whole name christine bartolucci.com yay awesome 
Yeah. Brian, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you reaching out. And I just yeah. I enjoy what you guys do. It's all that's pretty much what I listen to when I'm driving around is you guys. Oh, podcasts, so thank you. Keep it up. <laughs> thank you. Thank Definitely. You. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. All right. First off, Chris and I would love to thank Brian for coming on the show. Like Chris said at the beginning, long time coming. We love your work. So glad we got to hang out and chat and just talk about all your projects and all the awesome stuff you have going on. We can't wait to see what the future holds for you, man. We we just love what you're doing. Thanks, Brian. That's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for only a buck. You can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon only development hang nights over there. A bunch of stuff in the archives and a discord link if that sounds like something you're interested in again like i said patreon.com slash analog talk patreon is the best way to support the show all right that's it wrapping up the episode guys thanks for listening thanks for hanging out thanks for all the support we love you guys we will see you next week with an all-new episode later you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.